Welcome to Printing Profits. For new entrepreneurs, there's always a part of the selling process they prefer more at the start. For some, it's designing those products, store creation, marketing, or tracking the data. But learning how to put it all together quickly is like attaching a rocket booster to your sales. And one person who's been able to do just that is Mandy Dubozenski. Welcome to Printing Profits. I'm Talish Zuffer. And when it comes to selling online, Mandy is an all-around athlete with a history of success. She started her journey by selling handmade skincare products on Etsy, which led her to POD. Eventually, she started multiple Etsy stores with different goals to prepare for the holiday season. And in just four to five months, she created 700 listings from holiday and niche items to evergreen products. She's also developed a following on YouTube and TikTok to demonstrate her products and workflow. And after all that hard work, she was making six figures from each of her separate businesses. Oh yeah, I wasn't kidding when I say this lady knows how to do it all, which is why I am excited excited that I get to speak with her today. Mandy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, before we talk about how you managed all the success so far, can we talk a little bit about your life POD, uh, before POD and, and what led you to it? Yeah, definitely. So most of my career has actually been in the human resources space. Mm-hmm. It's what I got my degree in. It's what I spent Almost all of my career, and except for a few years, I did some IT project management work, which was fun. Um, but otherwise, it's always been in HR. Uh, most recently, I was HR director for a mental health agency here locally in Minnesota. And so it was one of those things that I never saw myself doing really anything different. Mm. I also had what I called a side hustle business making natural skincare that I started doing really just as a hobby in 2017, started on Etsy, did all of that. Fast forward a few years with the pandemic and just major burnouts. You know, I got to a place where the agency I was with was very stable, you know, after the pandemic. And so got to a place where my skincare business was stable enough that I could start doing that full time. And so in 2021, I shifted to working entirely from home, doing and running that business full time from my home um, and did that. I'm someone who's very much what I call a chronic entrepreneur. I (laughs) had a cupcake business for a few years before I had my son. I've done lots of different yeah. things. I've done Amazon KDP. I've done, you know, all the things, right? So chronic entrepreneur. And so really, you know, had a lot of creative energy that I didn't feel like I necessarily had an outlet after I was, you know, done working during the day mm-hmm. on, you know, my handmade business. Still felt like, you know, I wanted something. I like to do lots of different things at any given time. And so needed something where I could have that creative outlet without, you know, having it interrupt my full-time business that I was working on during the day. And so what it really started at is was with print on demand. I originally thought I wanted to have like an apparel kind of merch Mm -hmm. side to my handmade business. I thought that would be kind of neat. I've seen other people do it. And so I'm like, well, I'll try that. Um, 
And then that turned into, I experimented with a few different providers, wasn't totally in love with what I saw. And so, you know, I'm like, well, maybe I'll do it myself. Mm. You know, I've seen, you know, gone down that TikTok rabbit hole, <laughs> saw, you know, people with their heat presses and their crickets. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do a cricket. I'm not going to spend all day weeding. Yeah. But you know, maybe I'll try screen print transfers. So, you know, I'm looking just on the other side of my screen. I have my big old heat press. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to make all this clothing. And then on the other side of my screen, I have, you know, a wall of, you know, clothing inventory. Like, that'll be great. Um, and then quickly realize that one, heat presses get very hot in a very <laughs> small room really fast. They and do, number yeah. two, when I'm spending all day on my feet, you know, making things because I make all of my handmade stuff, you know, so some of it requires, you know, lifting, labor, yeah. things like that. And so quickly decided that if I'm going to do that all day. I can't then shift gears in the evening after my son's gone to bed mm. and start, you know, pressing all of these shirts. Yeah. I it didn't take me very long to realize that that was not for me. A lot of people love to do that. I'm someone who, like, I want to be quick. I want to be in. I want to be out. I don't want to necessarily monkey around with, <laughs> you know, a bunch of stuff. So I'm like, this is not going to work. So I kind of went back to the drawing board. Like, you know, I knew about print on demand. So I wasn't thrilled with a previous experience I had had just in terms of quality. And so, you know. I use I use my good old friend Google yeah. and came across Printify and had heard of Printify and knew that they were kind of one of the big ones out there. So I'm like, let's try this again, you know, and let's see, you know, with maybe a different provider if I will have a better experience. And to here be honest, from <laughs> here I am. I mean, about a year into it, and it's just. It's crazy because, you know, one of the things that I love about Printify is, you know, the wide variety of products that are available. And I had no idea at the time, you know, my previous experience was, you know, you have a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, you, you pop a design on and, you know, congratulations, you have a product. But with Printify and just so many options out there, like I almost, I probably went a little crazy with, you know, just designs <laughs> and stuff because I just thought it was the coolest thing. And again, coming from a background of having everything be handmade in my business and knowing that for my personal situation, I didn't have the capacity, the time, the volume, the desire to hold on to all of this expensive inventory when I could just work with a partner, find mm -hmm. a trusted partner and work with them to have any design that I could ever come up with and have that be on virtually any type of product that you could think of. And so I was, com you know, again, this was a roughly May of last year and so in 2022. And so, you know, I was completely hooked at that point and just thought it was the neatest thing. And so really set out to, you know, see what I could do with that. I mean, one of the things that I loved about what you just said is this fact that you are a chronic entrepreneur, but that's not the only thing that you've described yourself as. You're, you're competitive, you're tech savvy, you're driven. Um, these are all fantastic qualities to have when you're starting out as an online sell seller, but as somebody who sort of kind of 
in a way, come out the other end of it. What other qualities do you think are important for anybody who's starting a new business? You know, what, what, what do you think you need to have in order to really succeed? I think one of the biggest things, you know, a lot of it comes down to mindset, right? You can have a great product, you can have great SEO, but at, in the beginning, you are going to be a beginner no matter what you're doing, if it's a new business. And so you have to be okay with being a beginner. You're probably not going to be successful in your first few designs with print on demand as an example. I wasn't, you know, I look, I don't think a lot of my original designs probably exist or probably in my inactive in Etsy. And that's okay because that was part of the learning process to get to a place to be successful because you use that to learn what works and what doesn't. It's the same thing in my handmade business. 2017, most of those products don't exist anymore. I have a handful <laughs> that are some of my originals, but I learned what worked and what didn't. Some products completely failed, just like some designs in print on demand completely failed. But it's, you know, it's kind of like the old saying, I think it was like Benjamin Franklin, you know, a thousand ways how not to make a light bulb, but yeah. you didn't actually fail. You just learned a thousand ways not to do it. <laughs> you know, it's the same principle, you know, and that's why for me, I set out with print on demand knowing that it was, it was going to take some learning. Like I like design. I think I have a pretty decent creative eye, but you know, it takes time to learn what's going to work, what's going to hit the marketplace. And even great designs don't always catch on. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And so a big part of mindset is not only just be okay with being a beginner, but be willing to learn and to push through and keep going, mm. even if you're not seeing success right away, because it can take time. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you'll be one of the really lucky sellers where you get into a niche or design and, you know, it takes off. Fantastic for <laughs> others. It can take a little bit of time to get that momentum, to get a good rhythm, to figure out what works. But if you give up, you know, I always tell people, if you're giving up after, you know, a month or after you've got 20 listings and they're not going anywhere, or if you give up after, you know, your first one star review and mm -hmm. say, I failed, I, I'm done, I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, how do you know if you don't keep going? Yeah. And so I think a biggest part of those that find success with this type of business, especially any business, but especially this one is, you know, if you give up after the first starting block and just decide, you know, I failed, I'm done, I, I am not worthy, you know, you'll never know what's possible. But if you keep going and if you're willing to say, okay, I learned how to not do it that way, mm -hmm. or this is a learning experience, or maybe I'll try something different next time. That is, you know, in a lot of ways, what sets a lot of successful sellers apart is not giving up the first couple mm -hmm. times you hit a stumbling block. Even now, you know, a year in, every once in a while, things happen and there's still stuff I learn along the way, mm -hmm. but you take it as a learning opportunity 
and you keep moving forward. I, I, I have this way when I first read your story that I thought, oh my God, Mandy is an all around kind of print on demand athlete. I mean, it seems like you, it took some time for you to learn it, but you did master it from, from designing to listing to marketing. Um, when you think of that process back when you started, what do you think for new online store owners is probably the most important thing to get right? Like, is it the designing? Is it the listing? Is it the store creation? What, what would you say, like, if there was one thing to focus their energies on to, to really get it right from the start, what aspect do you think that would be? If I had to pick just one, I would honestly say, like, I would honestly say design, mm. I think. Because, you know, for me, I always think of print-on-demand as like kind of a three-legged stool or a triangle. You know, you've got your product having the right product, the right pricing strategy, the right SEO, the right niche kind of audience, and then the right design and kind of mock-ups that go along with that. And I, I tend to think of it as kind of those three things work together. However, you know, if you lose any one of those along the way, then you might run into stumbling blocks. But honestly, you know, if I had to pick just one, when it comes to design, you can have the greatest product, you know, the best quality, top quality product. You can have, you know, an artwork of SEO, you know, the absolute perfect, you know, first page of Etsy or first page of Google of SEO. But if your design doesn't fit, you know, the niche that you're, the target audience that you're trying to attract or sell to, or if it's just not a good to design or it's super pixelated, no one's going to buy it. So I feel like, you know, if you have to pick just one, design is probably a, a big part of that. So there's this concept that you talk about, which led you to POD, which is this idea of having the freedom from fulfillment. And uh, can you talk a little bit about what that means to you and, and why that was important to you? Yeah, so I have no idea if that's trademarked or anything, but that's kind of like <laughs> how I like to think of kind of my world within print-on-demand and the opportunity that print-on-demand kind of gives us as sellers and as entrepreneurs is that mindset of freedom from fulfillment. So as someone who runs another business full-time, you know, and whether you're working a nine-to-five or whether you're a stay-at-home mom that, you know, is taking care of kids all day and doesn't have time to, you know, monkey around with anything on the computer because you're focused elsewhere, regardless of what your situation is, you know, for me, that freedom of fulfillment, you know, as, as a concept is really about not having to worry about fulfillment. You know, as someone who runs a handmade business, I have, I wear all the hats, you mm -hmm. know, I am making everything. I am, you know, from concept to packaging, to shipping it off to customers. I handle all of that 100%. Mm. And so having a solution like print on demand allows me to still have my creative ideas and ability to create all these products and have this entirely other successful business without having to handle any of the parts that, quite frankly, I don't necessarily love to handle, you know? <laughs> so, and again, don't have time to, I don't have time on top of everything else 
to do the stuff that typically takes the longest. Like I can crank out designs and listings very fast, as you've probably seen, you know, if you've seen any of my YouTube videos or the article, I can crank out designs very, very fast. But fulfillment and processing, all of that takes a, a lot of time. And I learned that even when I was trying to create, you know, the inventory and create designs and apparel myself. That's how I learned very quickly, like, okay, I like, I like designing. I like, you know, doing all of that and making the products and having it be on all sorts of fun things. But how do I get from, I want to create all these designs. I have all of these ideas, but I don't necessarily want to deal with all the rest because mm. number one, it takes time. And number two, it's also very expensive to yeah. hold on to inventory that may or may not sell, you know? So that's where freedom from fulfillment came in for me is I have the freedom to design and run an entirely other successful business without having to worry about the fulfillments or all of the other things that typically go along with running a clothing or any other type of product based business. Yeah. I mean, going back to this idea that you cranked out a bunch of designs quickly, we were talking earlier about not giving up, uh, especially if you've only created, you know, a handful of designs in your first month, in your first four to five months, you created 700 <laughs> designs as a challenge that you set for yourself. Why was it so important for you to publish that much so quickly? <laughs> I didn't necessarily have like a specific number in mind, but really my goal was, you know, again, in the beginning, once I kind of was hooked in, I went down the TikTok rabbit hole and I saw all of these, you know, other successful sellers that are talking, you know, again, this is kind of summer of 2022 or like, you know, Q4 is where it's at. So design, that's where all of the big sales happen. So I'm like, okay, also closeted competitive spirit, right? <laughs> my secret is is out. I am very, very competitive. Most people don't necessarily know that from me outwardly. <laughs> but, you know, so I'm like, if they can do it, I wonder if I can mm -hmm. do it. Because the other kind of reality that I knew in 2022 compared to some of the other successful sellers is that, you know, some of the big e-commerce boom happened during the height of the pandemic yes. when e-commerce and Etsy and, you know, people are at home and have, you know, money to spend. So big, big e-commerce. And so kind of the reality of owning a business, you know, the logic side of me was also like, okay, is this really still possible mm. in 2022, 2023, knowing that, you know, for the U.S. economy, at least, was starting to trend downwards. And so it was also kind of a challenge to see, is this still possible in an economy that is either normal or even lower mm. than normal? And so I was like, okay. I'm going to run up that hill as fast as I can be, <laughs> to get to that magic time frame of Q4. So, you know, I'm looking at, you know, having as many as I can out there in by kind of that October, you know, late September, early October time frame. And so, you know, it was that that was it, it was we're going to try this. I'm going to put everything that I can do the best job that I can, not just throw, you know, anything against the wall and hope it sticks, but really had some intention 
behind it in terms of niches, design ideas, things like that going into it to kind of get that creativity flowing and having some idea of what I was going to put out there to see if it would work. And so, yeah, by by roughly, I think, September, October, I had right around 700, wow. 700 listings. That's incredible. I mean, but there was a <laughs> way. I just went on a work. design spree. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, though. There was a way. There was a methodical way that you were, that you used to work quickly and, and design effectively. Can you can you tell me about how, about how you came up with that way? Yeah, so I think, you know, in the beginning, again, we're all beginners in this, right? We all go through that phase. And so in the beginning, it was, you know, create a design, put it on a mock-up, list it, you know, put it in Printify and then finish it on Etsy. Create a design, put it on a mock-up, make it in Printify, (laughs) get it on, you know, Etsy. So it felt kind of slow. And again, I come from, you know, project management, you know, a lot of efficiency, you know, IT, I did Six Sigma for a while, if you've ever heard of that. So I'm someone like, okay, this is taking too long. This is not going to work for me. I I got to figure out something else. (laughs) Right. And so I'm like, what if, you know, I work in batches? And again, I think part of this probably also comes from having a skincare business where <laughs> my entire world revolves around batches. Yeah. Batches, <laughs> it makes it more efficient. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's work in batches. And so one of the recent shops that I started was a dog mom shop. So let's use that as an example. So I might say that I'm going to design specifically for beagle dog moms. And so in my kind of block of time, I tend to call them time blocks. In that block of time when I'm going to batch designs, I like to work in Canva because Mm -hmm. instead of just having one canvas at a time, I can actually make a design, add another page to that same file, and I can just keep adding from there. So in one sitting, I might have, I might knock out you know, 10, 15 designs in one sitting. And so that is why I was able to work so quickly because I could then batch out all of those designs in one sitting. And then from there, I can take all of those designs, say I have 10 designs. I also keep all of my mock-up files ready and optimized to the Etsy listing size. Mm -hmm. I have all of those saved in one Canva file as well. (laughs) And so literally I duplicate that in Canva, remove any color, you know, sweatshirts that I know I'm not going to design on. And then I literally have all of that ready in Canva for each design. So I'm going to move one design over into one Canva mock-up file at the end of that file is my sizing guide. So literally I fill up 10, <laughs> 10 spots in wow. that Canva file. And then when I export it, it's ready for Etsy because I export it as one file. It goes into a zip file. And so then I can just upload the whole thing <laughs> in one fell swoop to Etsy when I'm ready. So then I repeat that for all 10 designs. And by the time I've done, I've got 10 listings more or less ready to go, add each of those to Printify, 
and then finish them off in Etsy. The other more recent trick that I always like to tell people is with listing videos. Mm -hmm. That tends to be a hard one for print on demand because unless you're ordering samples of everything, you don't necessarily have it. Or unless you're using websites like Placeit, you might not have access to that. Well, in Canva, I take the one mock-up file that has the 10 photos in it, nine nine mock-ups plus the one sizing guide in that one file, because it is one continuous design file in Canva, I change each of those to one second frames. Hmm. And so then when I export it again, I can export it as an MP4 video. And boom, I have a 10 second video. So when you're scrolling through Etsy in the search, it automatically starts playing. So when someone then hovers over my listing in Etsy search, it will start scrolling through each of the different colors that I have. And so it's another way to just stand out. But essentially, I just work in batches like that. So instead of, you know, only getting one design done in, you know, half an hour or whatever it is, I can knock out 10 and 15 (laughs) and move, move through those efficiently. And I also, you know, I'm able to do it again in that concept of, have pockets of time is what mm-hmm. I call it because yeah. again I'm busy during the day and so depending on my day it can change how much time I have to spend on some of my print on demand activities and so by breaking things into activities I might design in one block of time knock all those out then when I have another block of time I might knock out all of my mock-ups and then I'm ready to go into printify and then finalize in Etsy and so even if I have to break those up into different, you know, pockets of time or time blocks, I'm still able to move efficiently and get a lot more done in a much shorter amount of time because I'm working very efficiently when yeah. I do it. What I love about this is that this this way of working, even the tools that you're using, they're not complicated. I mean, you're doing all this on Canva. I, I know some people who struggle forever just to do things right in Photoshop, you know, and then even just the way that you I gave up on Photoshop. Exactly. Right. And even then it's like the way that you were saying, I have, you know, I love to design. I'm good with technology. <laughs> I'm the first to admit I gave up on Photoshop. <laughs> but that's the thing. It works. And that, like sometimes it's the simplest solutions that work the best. Um, when, you, when you started making these products, um, how did you market your products in a way so that you could gain traction on Etsy? I do zero social media for my print on demand. I think that was another piece of this. And one, why I started on Etsy, because Etsy is a marketplace. You do not have to drive your own traffic Mm -hmm. to be successful with Etsy. That is the beauty of having a marketplace. Whereas, you know, my business, my other handmade business, I started on Etsy, but most of it it happens on Shopify. So I'm very familiar with that platform, but you have to have either your own following Mm -hmm. or you have to be willing to invest in, you know, either time and social media to build a following or you have to invest in ads to create a following. And so again, me limited time, not wanting to, you know, wanting something that I could do relatively passively in addition to my other business knew that I wanted to go on Etsy because it's a marketplace. So it, my shops, none of them have their own social media. 
I don't drive any traffic that way. Yeah. I rely on organic traffic from Etsy. So making sure that my keywords and SEO and niche niches are all on point. And then also, you know, when I first started out and continue to now is I do use Etsy ads and take advantage of that. And the reasoning, I know there's very much a love-hate relationship (laughs) with Etsy ads. And that's okay. I can totally see both sides of it. But I found that the benefit with Etsy ads, especially in the beginning, if you're willing to invest that in your business as a business, it it is an investment. You know, it's kind of that concept. You've got to spend money to make money in a way. Um, But by investing in that, especially early on, it gave me a volume of data. And what I mean by that is by having all of these listings out there and growing it quickly on Etsy and then turning on ads for those, I created volume of data, meaning that I could see what listings were getting views. And then as I started getting orders, I could see exactly what keywords we're bringing the bringing those clicks in right. which listings were getting more clicks which listings were getting not only clicks but were then converting to orders so that click through rate and so it gave me data a lot faster than just waiting for the organic traffic to kick in mm-hmm. which it will if you're using SEO and you're using good keywords you know organic traffic and zero ads is is totally possible But in my experience, it just takes longer because you're waiting for that Etsy engine and algorithm to start humming along and it just, it takes longer. And so again, I wanted to expedite that process. And so I very intentionally invested upfront in turning on Etsy ads so that I could see right away which listings were going to perform faster and better and which ones weren't. Because if they weren't, I would either turn turn them off entirely or go back to the drawing board in terms of design or SEO or things like that. Mm-hmm. But it gave me some direction, you know, and it also gave me a sense of which styles of designs and listings did better than others. And the only way I could get that was by having lots of data. A lot of people, when they first start out, tend to focus their efforts on one store. But you famously uh, opened a couple stores which succeeded in, in their own way separately. Um, what purpose did opening all those stores do for you? And, and how did you manage to stay on top of it all? I think part of the benefit is that I run them all on Etsy. And so that makes it really easy as a seller because in the Etsy app, I can very easily move between them fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for me, when I very, the very first kind of toe dip into print on demand was really with some of my own artwork that I was creating with, you know, the Procreate app on my iPad. And I really like to create pattern designs. And so that was a great outlet to create all of the really cool, like, all over prints, the, you know, really cool backpacks, the the little bento lunchboxes. Mm-hmm. I'm staring off in the corner because I have a car <laughs> mat on my desk in front of me. And so, you know, just again, that concept of having my artwork on these really cool products, which is absolutely fascinating to me. And it still is. And so 
one of my shops is really just about kind of my artwork. It has a lot more of the all over print products where I get to experiment with, you know, different things like that. And then kind of my main shop and, you know, the one that gets a lot more attention is, is really more of the apparel. And that was the one where I really wanted to experiment with knowing that, you know, apparel, t-shirts, sweatshirts, um, those tend to be very popular and get a lot of traction fairly quickly out on Etsy. And so that was more so my experiment with, can I do this really fast, grow it really fast and, and still find success with it? And also knowing that that type of designing, when it's more of a singular design versus my artwork, which can take a few hours at a time to make one pattern or design because I'm drawing it by hand, you know, that's very different. And so I couldn't scale necessarily that one as fast because it just, it had a different approach to it. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas with the apparel, I wanted to see if I could scale it really fast. And I love the concept of designing clothing. And so it was just another outlet to not have to worry about sitting down, spending a whole lot of time on the design process. I can just kind of design bomb during whenever I have time and just start knocking them out really fast, which was really fun. And so um, and then the third print on demand shop that I have is, as I mentioned, I have kind of a dog mom shop. And that was one that I intentionally wanted to create um, because so many sellers, myself included, don't share our really big stores just because it can be tough with the Etsy marketplace sure, yeah. being out there, you know, with copycats and design and all of that. So I just didn't necessarily want to go down that path. And so, um, but I wanted to be able to teach and help others how to do this and not have to like, feel like I'm trying to block out everything on my screen or not being able to show real designs and, you know, real ads and real traffic and real listings. And so created that third shop um, and picked the dog mom niche um, to do that because I could structure it differently. And again, it was kind of more about even just experimenting as well, because my big shop is what I call just a more general store. Mm. So I've got lots of different niches. There's specific niches, but there's they cover a lot of different topics and hobbies and professions and all sorts of things in that shop. And I wanted to try a different approach where it's a smaller niche like dog moms, mm -hmm. but I could specifically design and create a store around that and show people kind of when we say niche down in the industry, mm -hmm. kind of how you can do that. So in this shop, you know, it's very broadly dog moms, which would be a really hard broad category to break into. Yeah within Etsy, but I wanted to show people that if you get specific with like Beagle Moms or Golden Doodle Moms, if you put a little research, you can see real quickly which types of dog breeds are very popular. And so if you start applying those concepts, you can build a shop around that. So each section of that shop is essentially devoted to a different popular breed of dogs. And even that one, I just started that in the middle of 
January to go along with my YouTube channel. So that's why I created it was so I could actually show people and give really thorough demonstrations on screen. Um, even just starting that in the middle of January, it's already done <laughs> very well. I actually just in May hit star seller. So wow, it was essentially as soon as I could, this was the first month where I could be eligible for it. And mm -hmm. so I was able to kind of lock that in immediately, which I think will help will help too. But yeah. But I mean, the whole time you're doing this, you're opening all these shops and you, you just mentioned you're also, you know, working with YouTube. You're also making TikToks. I mean, at, at what point did that become an important part of your process? Because it seems like you spent a lot of time designing, you're spent a lot of time, you know, finding these niches. When did, you know, developing these YouTube and TikTok, uh, TikTok followings become part of part of your workflow? That's a good question. <laughs> Some days I ask myself the same thing. <laughs> I told uh, I told Anita who did the article, like if you had asked me two years ago or told me two years ago that number one, I would be on TikTok and have 30,000 followers. And number two, that I'd be starting my own YouTube channel. Like I would have totally laughed in your yeah. face. Like, that was <laughs> never, ever part of part of my you know vision board if you will <laughs> yeah i think for me it was you know discovering that there were other people out there that were interested in doing this type of business or exploring this type of creative outlet whether it's wanting to start their own business or whether they're an artist or whether they just have lots of like me lots of designs that are just randomly floating around in their head and need a place to put them <laughs> and could also make some money at the same time. And so, you know, I got joy out of just being able to help others. I have with my HR background, I did training for many years. And so I like being able to teach others. I like being able to show others how to do things. I like being able to help make things more simplified mm. and efficient for other people. And I think that was a big part of it is, you know, anyone can go to YouTube and they can fire up a how to open an Etsy, how to, you know, set up Printify. There's great trainings on the Printify channel. Thank you. You know, <laughs> for all of, you know, all of that setup. It's all out there. But what I try to do is, you know, help show people kind of simplified or efficient ways to do it that might be a little bit better or faster than than what they've seen mm -hmm. just from my own trial and error. And I think also just being able to show people what's possible. Mm -hmm. I think, especially with TikTok, there's a lot out there and a lot of people hear the noise of so many people being very successful, but then either not showing how they did it mm -hmm. or you know not talking about very specifics or you know, timeframes of when they did it. And so I also wanted people to, you know, kind of show people that it is still possible. Like if you're interested in doing something like this and you've got the, the drive and the motivation and the mindset to really put the work and, and effort into running it as a business and mm -hmm. giving it a try, then it is absolutely still possible. Even in the middle of an economy that is not doing that great, it is 100% possible because, because they did it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's there. It's, and I think it's just being able to show people that, you know, if you want to do it, 
the only time you're not going to be successful is something is if you don't try. Yeah. And so a lot of times people are either fearful or they're stuck in a mindset of I could never do that or, oh, that's not possible. But if you don't try, you'll never know. Yeah. Like I didn't know when I set out to do this that I'd be where I'm at, say, <laughs> a year later running a six-figure handmade business and a six-figure print-on-demand business. Yeah. Like that, I didn't know that that's what was going to happen, but I guarantee you it wouldn't have happened if, you if I try. hadn't have done anything, if I didn't try and, you know, probably fail a few times along the way, but I figured out kind of how to navigate that. And, you know, it's like I said, a big matter of not giving up yeah. when you hit a couple stumbling blocks set in my mind are just a normal part of business and, and happen. You just got to navigate through them. Well, before I let you go, I want, and we're kind of feeling nostalgic about your journey here. I guess the last question that I want to ask you is when you think back about your journey um, and everything that you accomplished, is there something that you wish you'd done differently that you think new entrepreneurs that are starting out now should keep in mind? I think the big thing that I probably would have done differently, I probably would have for myself turned on ads sooner because I did wait a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. But I think just in general with, with print on demand and designing, I think one of the things that I would do differently is, you know, really find different ways of exploring niches mm -hmm. that aren't super broad. Cause that was one of the things that I tested early on, you know, until I started to really get a good footing is, you know, a lot of, my early designs were very broad or they were in niches that weren't necessarily, you know, generating a lot of high traffic. And so kind of figuring that out and learning again, what works and what doesn't through that volume, through that data, through experimentation. Um, that's kind of where I identified that you don't have to get super specific with a niche, but have your ideal buyer, your ideal mm -hmm. audience in mind as you're designing number one it makes it easier to design for versus just staring at a you know a blank canvas thinking what am i going to design yeah. today if you have kind of something in mind or a target audience in mind it gives you something to work with and start designing for definitely number one it makes the design process faster <laughs> and number two you can start to really narrow down with with keywords and things like that, which is really how you can break into different, you know, niches within Etsy and, and find success a little bit faster. For sure. Get that customer profile up as soon as you can. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Mandy, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It's been lovely uh, talking to you and best of luck with everything else. Thank you so much. This is Printing Profits. Hey, this is Printing Success, crisp tips by Sarah from Wholesale Ted. And one tip I have is that you can use scarcity marketing to drive sales and increase conversions in your store. Now, of course, if you've never heard that phrase before, scarcity marketing is when you increase the perceived value of your products by reducing its supply. In other words, you're creating FOMO, you're making your products scarce so that customers want to buy them now so that they don't miss out. And there are two ways that you can do this. The first way is by pointing out that your products cannot be bought in store and they can only be bought from you. This compels the customer to either buy now 
or to favorite your store so that they don't lose it. And the second way is to run a discount sale with a countdown timer. This really compels the customer because not only can they only get it from you, but they need to purchase now so that they don't miss out on the special offer. It's a great way to increase conversions and sales. This is Printing Profits. Hello, POD people. To introduce this trend spotting segment, I've written you a limerick about spotting trends. <clears throat> a keen trend spotter had a keen knack for spotting new fads in a snap, but one time they missed a trend and got dissed, and now they're known as the loser of the pack. <laughs> this is trend spotting. Now, we just heard from Mandy about how she pretty much went after every channel of selling that there is out there. And if you wanna make sure you're maximizing your return, there just might be a channel you're missing out on. Now, when it comes to e-commerce platforms, many people tend to think of Amazon, Shopify, and other popular options. However, eBay is quietly making a comeback as a viable option for online sellers, particularly for print-on-demand businesses. And one of the reasons for eBay's resurgence is this focus on offering a unique selling proposition that sets it apart from other platforms, eBay's auction style format, which allows buyers to bid on products and drive up the price can be particularly effective for print-on-demand products that are one of a kind or have limited availability. Pay attention to that. Now, another advantage of using eBay is its large and diverse user base. With over 185 million active buyers worldwide, eBay offers access to a massive audience that can help drive sales and increase visibility for your print-on-demand business. Additionally, eBay has been making improvements to its platform to make it more attractive to sellers. The company has invested in new features and tools that can streamline the selling process, such as offering free listings and simplified pricing structures. Of course, like any e-commerce platform, eBay has its pros, but also its cons. For example, eBay's auction-style format can lead to lower prices for products, and its user interface may not be as intuitive as other platforms. However, for print-on-demand businesses looking to expand their reach and tap into a large and engaged user base, eBay can be a valuable addition to their e-commerce strategy. Overall, eBay is a platform that is worth considering if you're looking to add new sales channels and reach a wider audience. By taking advantage of its unique selling proposition, large user base, and improved features, you can maximize your sales potential and grow your business. Thanks for listening to Printing Profits. We'd like to thank Mandy for sharing her experience with us and at the same time, introduce you to the talented team behind this program. Executive producer, Laura Gelvite, Associate producer, Anita Njoki. Technical and video production, Emil Siasuns and Valerius Olechno. Sound production, Christos Hartmanis. And I'm Talish Zuffer. See you next time.